the Monday Matters. Thank you all for joining us. Yes, thanks. How you doing, JD? I'm doing pretty good, as good as I can on a Monday. I know Mondays, and we've talked about this. Mondays were both sort of drained and yeah. taken a lot out of us, but it was a good, good weekend. Yeah, we had a great weekend. How about you? Yeah, real good, real good. It was a wonderful Sunday. I mean, you know, Palm Sunday. We we always uh, do the little palm uh, palm march, and the kids wave their little palm branches. <laughs> it's always fun. That's fun. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So uh, Sunday we talked about. Jesus the heretic. Jesus the heretic. What does heretic mean? Heretic. Yeah, so a heretic, in my mind, a heretic is somebody who doesn't hold to the uh, established teachings. Um, but uh, when I talked about it, uh, they don't hold to the established teachings, but everybody has a different list of what a heresy is. You know, mm-hmm. So you, what, what I might consider to be a heresy you might be like no that's pretty normal yeah and and vice versa so yeah huh what about you well how would you define her- 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 i guess i would just say going against the religious establishment yeah. but yeah then again it's with denominationalism everything's somewhat part of the religious establishment right? yeah although it didn't used to be like that but yeah i guess heretic is saying what's unsayable doing what's undoable um you know a heretic is someone like oh yeah they're definitely going to hell it's like these people definitely are like they've got it wrong that's what a heretic you know yeah yeah that's what i've always thought so uh so (laughs) whenever i started my message i talked about the wall of wall of jesus okay the wall of wall of jesus what's the wall of wall of jesus okay uh you don't know about the wall i don't know i've never met it was funny because (laughs) (laughs) i've never met him uh no because he lived here in 1867 he was born oh wow yeah, so I was talking about how, um, you know, a, what is a heretic? And so uh, here in Walla Walla, there was a guy who, his name was William Davies, and um, he believed that he was to set up the kingdom of heaven on earth. And if you wow. were here Sunday, you heard me tell the whole story, so I won't go into the whole story. But anyway, he said one of his sons was John the Baptist, and the next son reincarnated, and then his wow. next son was Jesus, because Jesus followed John the Baptist. Yeah. wow. And then after that, his next son was God the Father. And wow. then this guy uh, <laughs> proclaimed himself to be the Holy Spirit. So now the, uh, the son and the father and the Holy Spirit were all living up on Scenic Loop. And Wow. Uh, you've heard of Mormon Grade? Have you ever been up there? No, I haven't. Okay, no. it's, a, it's a hill that kind of goes. Anyway, they call yeah. it Mormon Grade because of... You know, that's where how, they were how many followers did this guy get like at his peak? Well, that's a great question. So they started with forty here in 40. town, <laughs> wow. and and then it they sent out missionaries and stuff, and it doubled. They had uh, over eighty. Wow, which people. back then is more because I bet Walla Walla was a lot smaller back then. Well, yeah, but it was kind of outside of Walla Walla, and hmm. and they didn't really recruit people out of Walla Walla. Hmm. Uh, they brought people in instead. Interesting. And uh, yeah, but. Um, it all kind of fell apart whenever uh, his wife ended up dying. Um, and then, you know, he had proclaimed that he could raise the dead and heal the sick and stuff like that. His wife died. And then his son, Arthur, who was Jesus reincarnated, died. And then his next son, God the Father, died. And he was unable to, you know, raise them from the dead. And so people... Uh, people caught on pretty quickly caught on. his son yeah. started dying. He ended up losing all of his property and moving away. And then he came back and he was buried here. But wow. anyway, so so as I was talking about the heresy, yeah. uh, I said, you know, this guy was a heretic because mm-hmm. he proclaimed himself to be you know, the Spirit of God. Wow. And uh, he was also, uh, he claimed that he was Adam, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, he was Abraham. Sounds and, like a crazy guy. My goodness. And he was David. Definitely a heretic. Yeah. That's for sure. So he was a heretic. And, and then I, I related to the fact that, you know, Jesus proclaimed himself to be the son of God, too. Which is her- like that's heretical. Heretical, unless, unless, unless he, he is. Unless yeah. he is. <laughs> and he actually did, you know, heal the sick and raise the dead mm. and all that crazy stuff. So, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was good. What about you? How, how did you unpack that? Um, started talking about false advertising. So talked about Jesus, the heretic, but also sort of went, talked about that, went in sort of a, a little bit of a different direction, um, due to the scripture passage. Cause I, I used Mark 11. Um, and it was just really, really interesting to me how Jesus, you know, he's writing in to Jerusalem and then there's this weird story that I always thought is the weird, one of the weirdest stories in the Bible where Jesus looks at a tree, right? So he looks at a tree, a fig tree, right. there's a bunch of leaves on it. And right. Jesus is hungry, which, and I just love the story because it shows Jesus is a human too. He's just like us, right? He walks up, oh, I'm hungry. And then he sees the tree and there's leaves. And then he walks up to it and there's like, there's no fruit here. There's no figs here. And then he curses it. And he's like, curse be you. And then he walks away. Yeah. And then he goes to the temple the very next day and flips over the tables in the temple. And so to me, um, as I was reading through it, it was just so, so interesting that you would think that, why is that story there? Because it's, of course, Jesus comes in, you know, on Palm Sunday, he's heralded, you know, as Hosanna, Hosanna. And then he flips over the tables. That makes sense. But why is this story here smack in the middle? So um, what I focused on a lot, what I talked on a lot, was false advertising. I talked about how um, one of the stories I used is we have two puppies, right? Um, And our dogs, our puppies, they chew everything up in our house. And that's something I wasn't prepared for. And so if you walk into our house, you'll see the floorboards. You'll see the trim on every single door. (laughs) It's absolutely chewed. And not just like a little chewed. It's like chewed to the point where, you know, it just bothers you yeah. right but we can't fix it because then they'll just chew it again so we're sort of just i'm, I'm just like hold on jd hold on for one more year until they're not puppies anymore and then we'll just fix all of it so anyways hey it's wait, all, wait wait and they chewed your crocs right they chewed my crocs up so i this, this is a new pair of crocs so i this is my second new pair within the last few months because they chewed up my pair of crocs that's too. awful it's terrible dogs i love them though but you know they they're puppies yeah. so anyways if you've seen on TV, there's advertisements for bitter yuck. Have you seen those advertisements? Yeah. Yeah. It's the stuff that you spray it anywhere and then dogs will not chew it up because it tastes nasty and right. dogs hate it, whatever. So Megan and I were trying to look for a solution to get the dogs to stop chewing things. We order a, a spray can of bitter yuck and we get it in the mail. Finally, we're excited. We're like, this is going to solve all our problems. So I call our dogs over and I tell them to sit and they both sit because um, funny enough, our dogs are like terribly behaved, but well-behaved at the same time. It's this weird thing. So they're both sitting there and you know, I'm telling them to stay and I take out the bitter yuck and I spray it on my arm <laughs> and I hold it up to them because I want to do a little test first. Right. right. And then when I hold it up to them, both my dogs start going at my arm, licking it, diving in their entire face into my arm, just going at the bitter yuck and they loved it. So complete <laughs> false advertising, this thing that was supposed to keep them away didn't. Uh, and so talked about that in the story, uh, comparing it to the fig tree and how the thing that made Jesus most angry, because that's sort of connected to, um, what was happening in the church and his heresy, Jesus, the heretic. So he's flipping over the, the tables in the temple. Well, why? Because they were advertising something they weren't, you know, they had leaves. So they said, Hey, we're religious. We're fruitful. This is what it means to be a Jew. This is what it means to be religious and be right in God's eyes. But when you look closer, there was no actual fruit, mm. uh, False advertising. So yeah, that's sort of the route I went with Jesus. Yeah. Uh, the heretic. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. It's weird. I wasn't expecting to go that way until I was reading through it. And then the story of the fig tree was just like weird. Um, and then it was convicting to me, honestly, too, because it made me think like what areas in my life 
do I show leaves to everyone? Like, Hey, I'm JD and these are leaves. You know, I have fruit in my life. I'm doing these things. But if you look deep down, there's no actual fruit there. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause you can look healthy. You can look full exactly. and, and yeah. And yet there not be any. And Jesus any didn't in the interesting part, Jesus didn't curse a tree that didn't have fruit. He didn't curse a tree that had leaves. He had, he cursed a tree. And this is what I, I didn't know this, but agriculturalists, like I was reading scholars and archeology, span blah, blah, blah. Fig trees, when they have leaves, they always have figs. Oh, so that's the, it's always connected. Right? So the thing that made Jesus most angry wasn't that it didn't have fruit. And I would compare that to us too. Jesus is obviously doesn't like sin, right? He obviously hates sin. That's not what makes him most angry. What makes him most angry is when we pretend like we don't have sin, when we pretend like there's fruit, mm. but then there's actually not. So I, I guess I, what I'm saying is Jesus hates hypocrisy. He hates fake religion. That's why Jesus the heretic, right? He hates that hypocrisy, that front that we put on um, more than anything. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, all right, uh, if you don't mind, uh, unpack the anger part. So Jesus was... I mean, you, you yeah. said, I mean, obviously he was angry when he went into the temple, mm. flipped the tables and all that kind of thing. Um, you think he was angry at the tree? I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think somewhat metaphorically speaking, because I think to me that I think the reason the story of the fig tree is right there with the tables and the temple is the exact same reason. Um, and I talked about this a little bit. The tables in the temple, they were there quite literally to exploit the poor, the Gentiles and women. So they were set up in the outer court of the temple, um, which is only where women and Gentiles could, could go. They couldn't go, you know, any far, farther in. Yeah. Um, and they were selling pigeons. And so if you were a rich farmer, you could, you would have your lambs, you would have your goats, but if you were poor, you would have to buy a pigeon because you didn't have your own flock. And so what they would do is in the temple, they would charge way too high of a price for pigeons. Right. Um, you talked about this and I remember about nine months ago in a sermon, do you remember where you were uh, talking about, I mean, I know you've talked about so a lot of stuff, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember you talked about it cause I stole it from your sermon. I oh. think, um, about the, the exchange tax be yeah. between the money changers and how they just charge an exorbitantly high exchange right. rate. Right. And so it's the kind of thing, the exact same kind of thing where, Hey, this is the temple. Come worship God. But deep down, what's happening is they're exploiting the poor. Yeah, they're exploiting the people that Jesus, you know, is there to love. Is there, and so that's why Jesus is. I think he was angry. And to yeah. me, it's sort of this flip that a lot of times we think God is angry at us. Uh, that God is an angry God, and yes, God is an angry God, but it's not always because of what we think. Mm. He's angry more so at our hypocrisy and our fake religiosity than he is at the repentant sinner. Yeah. Uh, you know, that wants to come to him. So interesting. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, if, if you don't mind, uh, I'm going to ask more questions. Yeah. I feel right? <laughs> so, um, so you're preparing your message and this, this tree catches your attention Yeah. and, and really, um, kind of maybe became the message. Mm -hmm. uh, talk to me about how that works. I mean, so, uh, because I because I, I experienced that too as yeah. I'm I'm looking through a passage and I'm thinking hey here's where it's going and here's the the logical conclusion and then suddenly something catches my attention and mm. and I I think okay wait a minute and I go down this trail and the next thing I know that's where the message goes. Hmm. Um, do you think? Well, I'm gonna keep because I've been talking a long time. Do you think that's God? What What do you think? Because you just explain what happens to you. How does that process go? Like, is that the interchange of the Holy Spirit or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I do, I do think. Um, so yes, I do think the Holy Spirit plays a role in it, um, because God knows the message that the people in the church mm -hmm. need to hear. 
Um, but the other thing I think that happens, in, at least in me, is um, as I'm curious and, and I'm seeking um, I'm, and I'm finding answers, I think that uh, freshness actually uh, goes beyond me into the whole church. Hmm. So um, if if I'm just kind of going through the motions and, and building something out and it doesn't catch my attention and I'm not interested, if I'm not interested in it, nobody's going to be interested yeah. in it. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think th there's a human curiosity that is a really healthy thing, even as you prepare a message. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would say I, I, I experienced the exact same thing. What I've noticed, cause it's funny as an, you know, as a, I, I guess I'm still sort of new pastor, but having, you know, been preaching sermons weekly for a while now, I've realized that the best sermons, the ones that, you know, I feel like resonate most are the ones that I have needed to hear as weird as that sounds, you know, it's almost like I'm preaching to myself because, Oh, this is something that going on in my personal life that I needed to hear that I found in the scriptures because like the exact, exactly what you said is when you're looking at it fresh, then yeah. it, it, it's completely fresh. It's something new. It's like hearing, and that's the beautiful thing about the Bible is obviously it's there and you can read it cover to cover, but if you go over it again and again, new things pop out because yeah. um, it's this dynamic book and an active book. Um, and thinking about it from the pastoral perspective, um, considering myself a part of my congregation, you know, and knowing people, knowing what's going on in their lives and trying to also bring that to the scriptures when I'm going through them, you know, during the week, I think it's okay for, Hey, this jumped out to me. So I'm going to share it. Right. You know, because totally, yeah. I'm in touch. That's why, you know, I'm in touch with my congregation. I'm a part of the congregation. So hopefully, you know, what is interesting to me and at least impactful or convicting in my life. Cause I needed, I needed to hear that there's areas in my life where I was like, shoot, I've got leaves and there's no figs. <laughs> and yeah. that's why, you know, that's why that really stood out to me is there's, there's areas where I was convicted. Like I need to really repent here. And my hope is, is that as a part of the congregation and connected with my congregation, that they could latch on to pieces of that too. And that it's also applicable in their lives. Yeah. You know, also, I don't know. No, that's great. That's really good insight. So I, I built out the whole idea that, uh, you know, Jesus comes riding in on the back of this cult, this, this donkey's cult. And uh, the message of that being um, that he's coming as the king. And everybody in the room, or not in the room, but everybody gathered would have recognized, you know, here's this prophet. Everybody's talking about him. He's mm -hmm. healing people. He's doing all these miracles. And uh, they knew that the way he was coming, that he was coming as the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And so now the religious leaders are like, hey, do you hear what these people are saying? And you're not stopping them. And and he's like, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so you're right, I'm not. And and the thing with Jesus is, um, yeah, so so we have to we have to wrestle with the fact that this is who he claimed to be. I mean yeah. he he's claiming to be the Messiah, the Son of God. And and so Everybody has to wrestle with that, just like you know uh, this William Davies. He's claiming to be the Son of God, or excuse me, the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, do we really have to wrestle with that? No, because he died, and because he didn't perform miracles or raise people from the dead or anything like that. But Jesus is different. Yeah. So we now have to wrestle through. What do we do with this Jesus? Yeah. And um, how do we how do we process this? And, and what does it mean for our lives? And so then I I started thinking about. You know, um, we don't have to wrestle with Buddha. Buddha never says, I'm, I'm God. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have to wrestle with Muhammad. Muhammad never claimed to be the son of God. Yeah. Um, although um, that 
idea then took me to the Quran, mm-hmm. and I start looking. Oh, you know, the Quran says something, and I and I look up a passage in the Quran where, where it claims that Jesus is the Messiah, and he was mm-hmm. born of a virgin, and is the Messiah, and and all of um, the followers are. Uh, Everybody will come under the followers of Jesus. Anyway, it's it's an incredible uh, passage, even in the Quran, that talks about how Jesus is the Messiah. Yeah. Um, so what do we, you know, how do we then process? And, and I'm not trying to tell you the Quran is truth or anything. I mean, I'm not even going there. I'm just saying that even in that, the holy book of the Muslims, they have to wrestle with, what do we do with Jesus? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's as relevant today, 2000 years later, as it was on the day all this was going on, and it will be throughout all of humanity. What do we do with this guy? Because if we're being honest, claiming to be God, that's, I mean, by definition, that's heretical. That's like a crazy statement, claiming to be God. And like, I don't know. And and it's easy for us just to gloss over that because many of us, you know, have heard of Christianity since we get to, oh, it's easy. Jesus is God. But when you actually get down to that, I don't know. There've been even moments like I'll confess even moments in my life where I'm really wrestling with it. Like this, if it's wrong, if Jesus is wrong, like my whole life <laughs> is really offensive to the real God, right? Yeah. Like if Jesus claims yeah. to be God and I'm worshiping this man who claimed to be God and he's not, that's a big mistake. That's incredibly disrespectful <laughs> to God. Right. Absolutely. And so it, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 the deal. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's the biggest deal of deal. Yeah, I think you're right because um, because what do we do with that? And and then if he was God, which um, I think Easter is is the pivotal moment. Mm. But if he was God, and and I believe he was uh, and is, um, the implications for that then are pretty profound. Yeah, and the the beautiful thing I'll say this too. So. Um, I, some family members who are involved in the missionary world or in, are involved or at least know of evangelism that's going on in predominantly Muslim countries. I mean, the interesting thing is, is that many, um, Muslims are not converting to Christianity, but they're becoming Christ followers, right? Because just like you said, it's there in the Quran. It's right there that Jesus is the Messiah. Right. And I would say the exact same thing about Christianity is that Christianity it is a religion. It's a belief system. It's very cultural, yeah. just like being a Jew is, just like being a Muslim is. Uh, but being a Christian doesn't necessarily mean you're following Christ, mm. right? And I would say you can be a Muslim, a cultural Muslim, and follow Christ, if that makes sense. You can be a Jew and follow Christ, a Messianic Jew. You know, there's different, and that's the whole meaning, I feel like, behind Jesus the heretic, is he was approaching these Jewish people, which is what he was. He was a Jew saying, yeah. I am God. And that's completely against all of their belief statements, you know, and having to wrestle immediately after his death, the Gentiles who weren't Jews and then the Jews, and they each had their own cultures and sets of beliefs, mm. but then trying to come together saying, Hey, we both disagree on a lot of things like eating food, sacrificed to idols. We disagree on all these things, but we're trying to follow the same crazy guy that claimed to be God. Yeah. I don't know. And I think that that's a, be- <laughs> a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like what you're saying is, we could claim to be Christ followers and have no fruit. <laughs> yes. And actually uh-huh. be... Not all Christians are Christ followers. Yeah. A, a lot of a Christians are leaves. Yeah. All Christians have leaves. All Christians are figs trees. Oh, yeah. wow. But I think that, that you can be a Muslim and have figs or... It, it. It's all about following Jesus, about taking seriously. Like you said, it's the deal above all deals. That's yeah. all that matters, you know, is, yeah. is, is Jesus. Yeah. What do we do with that? And I, and I think... Um, 
I think I haven't even, you know, I've been following Christ for my entire life, and I, and I think I haven't really truly wrestled through all of the implications of it. Yeah. So I feel like that's part of the journey. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's possible, possible to wrestle through them permanently and be like, Oh, I'm okay with Jesus being God. The rest of my life is easy. Like it's, I don't know. It's a big deal that we have to wrestle with. Yeah. I feel like for a long time, that's part of following him is, I don't know. It's true. And the disciples, the disciples didn't like it the whole time, right? If we read (laughs) through the gospels, they were arguing with Jesus and they didn't understand the whole, whole time. So I think it's okay too, if we don't. Yeah. As long as we're trying yeah. to follow him. Hey, so it's Holy Week, and Holy Week is, um, you know, on the Christian calendar is everything uh, important. <laughs> in the, I mean, I guess I already overstated that, one, so <laughs> I apologize for that. But, I mean, it's it's a really important week because we, uh, you know, Monday, Thursday, uh, Good Friday, all of that stuff. Um, Can you explain what those are really quick for someone who might not know? Yeah, so, you know, Thursday... Uh, was the day that um, they were celebrating the Passover feast. Jesus and his disciples were celebrating the Passover feast in the upper room, and Jesus washed the, the disciples' feet, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a powerful time. And a lot of times in, in church tradition, we'll meet on, on Thursday and, and do a foot-washing service and then a communion service, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, then Jesus was arrested and taken away, and then on Friday, crucified. Um, and so on Friday, we... we Oftentimes, and we're doing one this this um, year, a Good Friday service, and it's a joint service between Skyrocket and Blue Mountain here at Blue Mountain, and it's seven o'clock Friday evening, and we'll um, talk about you know what happened on the cross. Actually, we'll sing about what happened on the cross. You might get people here at six. I announced it wrong. Oh, did you? <laughs> Skyrocket. Is it it's six or seven, seven o'clock? Seven o'clock. Yeah, no, it's seven. I'm okay. not sure afterwards. Anyway, <laughs> okay. sorry to cut you off. Yes, no, seven o'clock. Fine. For if you're watching from Skyrock at seven. Well, if they come at six, you'll be early. You can get a good seat. So, uh, yeah, and so then we, you know, we reflect on it. And I don't think we celebrate Jesus' death on the cross, mm-hmm. um, but we reflect on it. And then, um, of course, Easter Sunday is is our big celebration. So. Yeah. And we're having an egg hunt at both locations. Yes, we are. That's going to be a lot of fun. So that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. A lot of candy. Mm-hmm. So, any any leftover candy? It's we, pastors keep. That's yeah, there that's we right. go. <laughs> we have dominion over that candy afterwards. That's right. If it didn't fit in an egg, it might fit in me. So, well, hey, yeah, yeah it's great, great to talk today. You got any other thoughts or? I have none others. All right. Any fun stories from yesterday that I missed? Any fun stories? Uh, yeah, you know it was funny. I closed the service. Um, it was uh, it was on um, Palm Sunday seven years ago that my motorcycle was stolen. Oh, right out of the parking lot, right right yeah. back here out of the parking lot. And uh, I got through the whole sermon, and I even talked about the Ten Commandments and how you know that's the the bar and um, of, of what it is to be a human. And all you have to do is keep these 10 commandments and talked about what all that looked like. And I didn't even mention the fact that my motorcycle was stolen, you know, which is one. Anyway, so I got to the end of the sermon. I said, Hey, I'm getting over this because I I just wanted you to know I'm proud of myself because I didn't even mention that my motorcycle was stolen. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good. That's progress. It's progress. Yeah, it was like every other sermon when I first came. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I've gotten more mileage out of that motorcycle than I ever did riding it. But anyway. Yeah, it was good. How about about you? Anything? Uh, I just shared 
several false advertising stores. Megan and I on our second date, I was trying to impress her. Yeah. Um, and she, we were driving in the car together, listening to the radio. And she looked at me and she said, Hey, what kind of music do you like listening to? And I thought for a second, and I looked back and I said, I, I really enjoy classical music. Oh no, you did not. You were trying I came to impress like five seconds later. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I actually know. <laughs> totally lied. Does she yeah. like classical music? No, I was just trying to impress her. Yeah. yeah. Make make it seem like I was just trying more... to be sophisticated. Yeah. Not at all though. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of leaves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of leaves. Hey, anyway, thanks. It was uh, great it was catching up. Great catching up and uh, we'll see you again on next Monday. Well, actually, we'll probably see you Friday night. Yeah, I'll be here Friday. Friday night. So we'll be here Friday night and hope to see you. And until then, Monday matters. Monday matters. Yep. Yeah.